most of us will really stimulate the clitoris and have clitoral type of an orgasm. And there's nothing wrong with clitoral type of an orgasm, but I like to compare it to an appetizer and I love appetizers, right? But when I go to a farm to table restaurant, do I leave after the appetizer? I personally don't. I stayed for the main and for the dessert. I am Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. I actually used to work in corporate world in finance and banking for 15 years. And as mentioned, I was quote unquote successful and earning a lot of money, jet setting around the world, but not really fulfilled. And it got me to a place that that question of what is really my life purpose? What am I here to do in this lifetime? What legacy do I want to leave became so loud I couldn't run away from this anymore and I couldn't numb myself and it got me into a mini life crisis that was a beautiful doorway to really for me entering this personal growth path and search and it was definitely a very scary leap probably one of the most difficult decisions in my life to leave the corporate life but the most rewarding as well and on the journey as mentioned in the introduction, I try a lot of different modalities from medicinal plants, vipassana meditations, landmark type of courses, read probably, you know, most of the self-help books out there. But for me, what was really the most profound, life-changing, important milestones on this journey was what I refer to as my sexual awakening. And when for the first time I felt that sexual energy moving and I experienced what many will refer to as a full body or energy orgasm, it was such a profound experience that the first question I asked myself is, why the hell no one is teaching us that? And this is really my life mission and purpose to bring more awareness in the area of sexuality that still became, is, remains such a huge taboo topic. And I think few things that comes with that corporate uh, experience is that I'm very well organized. I'm very practical. I like to give you tangible takeaways. So this is what you can expect in this next hour. I'm going to Focus mainly here on the talk. We only have about 50 minutes. So I decided instead of doing a little bit of a talk and a little bit of a practice and none of it really well, I will focus on talking. But trust me, uh, it will be straight to the point. It will be very practical. And what I, you know, luckily there is more and more teachers in that space of conscious sexuality. Uh, but what I find I bring to the table is that I add a lot of personal stories. Most of you will be relating to, I bring humor and add really this lightness and take the seriousness and heaviness that sometimes uh, surrounds the topic of sexuality. And I also have a great talent of simplifying things. So obviously conscious sexuality is such a wide topic and I am gonna simplify things, but hopefully this way you can get a bigger picture and it's going to be become more uh, accessible. So then it's really much easier for you to start diving into it yourself. Um, and last but not least, I want to say that I'm really excited that I'm actually speaking on Sunday. 
because I am a big proponent of scheduling lovemaking sessions and scheduling self-pleasuring sessions in our busy lives and putting them into the calendar. And my favorite is what I call sensual Sundays. So hopefully I will inspire some of you and you hopefully can start practicing today, tonight. There will be a lot of juicy tips how to start with your sensual Sundays. I am definitely having a celebration tonight uh, with myself for my sensual Sunday. Two notes. This talk is absolutely applicable if you are in a relationship or if you're single. I am going to give an um, option for both and we can actually start energetic lovemaking with ourselves. So please don't feel discouraged if uh, at the moment you don't have a partner. I also want to say that because of time limit and because I want to keep things really simple, I'm mainly going to use the term a man and a woman, however, and give examples on a man and a woman dynamic. But I want to make sure that homosexual folks also know that Tantra energetic lovemaking is applicable to you as well. And you will see once you understand the bigger picture, you will see that although I use a lot of words of penis, vagina and polarity, things like staying present, certain types of breathing or movement, all these things are really not related so much to the gender or your sexual preference. Beautiful. So let's fasten the seat belts and let's get going. Since the topic of this talk is energetic lovemaking, let's talk a little bit about the energy first. And we in the Western world, we're resisting the idea of energy for quite some time. So maybe people will refer to that as an electromagnetic current running in our body. Now in the East, different cultures looked into it for decades, hundreds of years. So you can come across names like life force, sexual energy, vitality, Chi, prana, potentially kundalini. How I like to simply explain energy, essentially it is all a form of life force energy. Now, depending where in your body that energy is initiated or where in the body you are going to move it to, it might change its qualities and potentially a name, right? Because if we're moving energy from lower levels when it's more dense and we're going to start bringing the energy up from matter to ether, it's going to change its quality, right? It's going to become more subtle. It's going to become higher frequency, right? So when we initiate the energy within our sexual organs, we are going to call that sexual energy. And that sexual energy is the most primal, raw, powerful expression of that life force energy that we human beings can tap into. Essentially, it is the energy that assures the survival of our species, right? Now, we human beings are not really using that energy because most of us are not aware uh, that energy exists, right? And it is really up to us. And hopefully this talk will plant a lot of seeds in you today to start perceiving that energy. So you can start cultivating it because we can also start expanding it and then directing it the way we want. Okay. There are different modalities of working with that energy. That energy can awaken spontaneously. Let's say some of the situations that can happen. Let's say you had a car accident. There's shock, trauma. For many people, that energy awakens. 
A lot of people awaken that energy using psychedelics, mushrooms, ayahuasca. Sexuality is a beautiful way to start uh, tuning into that energy and awaken it. Or a lot of mindful practices, let's say Kundalini yoga, ecstatic dance, among the others. Now, for me, that energy, let's say, call it awakened a um, few years ago during a workshop. And we were all in our clothes. We were all lying on our yoga mats. We were doing it collectively, which actually helps. Uh, and we were doing a certain breathing technique. And the person was also commanding the energy in the room. And after 15 minutes of breathing, I felt something went up. And when something went up, I didn't know what that was back then. I started to feel kind of a bliss and warmth spreading all over my body. I completely forgot where I was. I completely forgot there were people around me. I started shaking and trembling and my body started to move. And I also completely lost track of time. After the session was over, I had absolutely no idea. Was it five minutes? Was it half an hour? Okay. So what happened? And again, different traditions will explain it differently. But the bigger picture remains the same. There is a channel along our spine. And when that energy awakens from our lower energy centers, from our genitals area, it goes up like a snake along the channel, like a serpent. And it is a very powerful phenomenon. So that energy is able to pass through all tension, trauma, blockages on the way. Are those blockages that are emotional, physical, mental? that energy is powerful enough to really help you release it. So people would be crying or laughing or screaming. I even saw people vomit it. So I like to refer to that as a healing modality of that sexual energy. Okay. Now, a few things to this, because we're going to move that sexual energy beyond the genitals area, right? And we're going to start lifting it up and then essentially spreading it all over our body. Many people will refer to that as a full body orgasm or an energy orgasm. Some others will call it serpent arousal. Now, I want to say that once that happens, especially at the beginning, your body will start to shake and tremble. And interestingly enough, just by me saying this, I'm already planting seeds of awareness in you guys. So when you are going to start practicing some of the things I'm going to mention today and that shaking and trembling comes, allow it, add to it and help that energy to move. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Let's pause here. Now I want to talk a little bit about why we are not tapping into that energy and why really our view on sexuality is quite limited, right? Because sexuality really, if you look at that, can be used for so much more than just procreation and pleasure slash instant gratification, because these are the two things we mainly use sexuality for. But we human beings have awareness. We have consciousness. We can use that sexual energy for healing. We can use that en sexual energy for transcending, for going into higher states of consciousness, for manifesting, for connecting to our partners on a really soul level. Just so much more that we know. But sadly, if you look at that, where do we learn about sex? We mainly learn from pornography. And pornography just gives us a very limited view on sexuality. Pornography is done by men for men. So it is very action-oriented, 
friction-oriented and goal-oriented, right? That obsession with getting to an end goal, which is an orgasm. And that is just one way to look at sexuality, but there is also a more holistic feminine way, and this is something we are going to talk about today. Now, I am not saying you are a porn addict, but I'm just going to even share my own example. When I was 13 years old, I snooped through my parents' stuff because I was alone at home, and I found a porn VHS. My parents, they just had one porn VHS, and I was curious. So obviously, I put it in, I looked at it. So this was the first image of a sexual encounter that my brain has recorded, right? And that was really the only image for many, many years to come. And it shaped the way I had sex when I had sex for the first time. And let's be honest, my first boyfriend also learned from pornography, right? So it plants seeds. It really programs us in a certain way. And even if you look at the data today, out of 20 most visited websites, seven are pornography websites, and uh, these data are from before the pandemic. So probably now the number is actually much, much higher, right? So one thing to add here for all those uh, looking uh, at this video, for example, having children, the average age of a child exposed to pornography nowadays is 11 years old, right? No one needs to look for VHS tapes. It's just readily available on our phones. So for everyone tuning in, having children or planning to have children, you're not just learning all these things for yourself. You are also learning so you can educate your children because if you don't, no one else will. So explaining a little bit quickly the phenomenon of pornography, because it's easy to criticize, but I always like to uh, see what's behind it. Why is it really? Why is it that people look so much at pornography, right? And pornography is very attractive, very easy and fast. And how does that dynamic work? When we look at the erotic movie, pornographic movie, there is no one touching us. We're not smelling anyone, there's no intimacy, there's no togetherness, there is just a screen with certain images, right? Those images create a visual stimulation. That visual stimulation stimulates our mind, the mind sends the signal down to the genitals, and since it is absolutely one of the biggest sexual organs, we get sexually aroused, right? So in a way, there's nothing wrong with that, but we are relying on an external mind stimulation right? It is based on an external mind stimulation. And it's a very attractive one. Why? Because it's easy, it's fast, it's effortless. If I go to the, let's say, sensual erotic movie, and nowadays there is a little bit more of that female-made produced erotica, I can just look at that for a few minutes and even without touching any parts of my body, I am going to experience a full-on orgasm with my vagina contracting. So it is easy, it is fast, it is readily available, right? But there is a trick to it, because if we just rely on that one type of stimulation, or we continuously, let's say, look at pornography, we are going to condition our body to respond to this one type of stimulation, right? And that neuropath connection is going to get stronger and stronger. And then so many clients, so many men that I work with contact me saying, I have been jerking off to pornography for the last three, five years. And now I, I fell in love with a partner and I cannot get an erection or I don't know what to do, right? So that's one tricky part to it. And second tricky part to it is that mind is insatiable. 
as soon as the mind gets used to something, it's not stimulated anymore. So when we talk about pornography, that's easy. You can fast forward, move to the next movie. But if you are married to someone for 10 years, that becomes a little bit more tricky, right? And we kind of, we human beings, discovered that a way around it is to just turn into novelty because novelty will always be exciting but even that new lover that you're going to run away with after two years is not going to be new anymore and you are exactly going back to where you were so really the whole question is how can we make love getting out of our minds and coming into our bodies and it sounds very easy but it's not if it would be that easy you know, half of the teachers on Mind Valley wouldn't have a job, right? Including me. But we are living in a very mind-driven society and is it is becoming more and more difficult for us to really relax and connect back to our body. So something I'm going to talk about today, but just one little story here to, to give you a context so you also understand why we're having uh, sex the way we're having it. So then I can uh, give you another alternative and you can understand the difference. So I'm going to describe the most common sex scenario in our society. And I like to share, I like to be vulnerable and I like to share my own examples out of those 15 years in finance and banking. Three of those years, I lived in New York, and that was exactly the time of Sex in the City. The movie came out, it was really popular, and I was very proud to live that Sex in the City life, where I was quite in my masculine, number one, being in finance and banking, number two, being in a quite masculine energy city like New York is, and I would often initiate and, and pick up men. So I would go to a to a nightclub and back then there were seven women per one man in Manhattan so if I saw someone attractive I would make an eye contact we would start talking and engaging and probably going on a dance floor having a drink maybe then moving towards kissing and then going home and there would be probably a little bit more of drinks and a little bit of a foreplay and then getting naked and men would want to proceed to penetration. I know some of you might think, oh my God, this is really fast, but I just want to give you a general context. So just out of curiosity, guys, do you realize how long the act of sex lasts in our society? So that's not exactly what I described, but it gives you a little bit, gives us a context. So how long do you think the act of sex lasts in our society? I'm going to nail it, pin it down to penetration. So if you're watching, just, uh, just give a number whatever it is let's see if you guessed so the older research says that men would ejaculate between seven and eight minutes uh, of penetration the newer research says more three to four minutes of penetration i came across some data that were saying that in the americas men would nowadays ejaculate more or less within two minutes and this number is going down and down and down so just giving a context to that when we look at the genitals a man or a penis owners the penis is the one that penetrates. The penis is the one that impregnates, right? A man also has millions of sperms to give. So we kind of would say that man is this active, penetrative force in his genitals. Now, if you look at us uh, women or vagina owners, we are opposite, complementary, right? There's always, I always say there's a lock and a key. We're trying to be the same. Pornography portrays it like we are the same, but we are not. 
So opposite complementary, we receive inside of us, right? Act of penetration happens outside of a man's body in a way, but inside of us. So for us, we are the receptive end. We need to fully trust so we can fully relax, so we can fully surrender, so we can open up for a full yes for penetration, right? And that takes time. So coming back to our most common sexual scenario in our society, we kind of, I tried to find if there is any data on how long the foreplay is in our society. I was not able to find anything, but I'm going to make an assumption. I'm going to assume it's five minutes. I think it's far too optimistic, but let's stay with five minutes. So what happens in five minutes? We talked about the penis, a man, he is ready to penetrate because he is the active penetrative force and it is possible for him to be ready to penetrate within five minutes. Now for us ladies, are we really fully relaxed and fully surrendered within just five minutes? No, we're not. And I, for all those uh, who are practicing yoga, I like to give this an example, right? Five minutes into your yoga class, are you fully relaxed? Are you going to do headstands and splits? No, we just starting, right? Our body is tense. Our lifestyle is hectic and it just really takes time to slow down and open up. So what will happen is that vagina is not really ready. It's kind of tight, right? But then there is this belief in our society that tight pussy is a great pussy. And why is that? Because sooner or later, the penis is going to enter the vagina and it's going to start to thrust and create friction. Now, the tighter the pussy, the more erected the penis, the friction will create more and more of stimulation. I even would say overstimulation. This will allow to build up excitement and last really fast. So we are getting closer to this end goal of an orgasm, right? But there's another side effect to friction as well we create tension. So we're also creating tension in the genitals area. So observe it just before an orgasm. We actually tense our body even a little bit more. We hold our breath, even if for milliseconds, to help that explosion, to help that energy discharge, energy release. And we would experience what we call in our society climax type of an orgasm. We actually only know one type of an orgasm in our society. We call it a climax. There is a buildup of pleasure in the genitals area. Then there is a clear explosion and then a contraction. All right, in Tantra, we will call it a peak orgasm, and that's just one type of the orgasm. It usually lasts about five to 10 seconds, maybe for women a little longer. Now, for men, there will be mostly ejaculation. I hope everyone knows that ejaculation and an orgasm are two separate things. Men can absolutely have an orgasm without ejaculation, right? And in all the Asian belief systems, it was said that once men ejaculated, that energy that we talked about that we build up, with this ejaculatory explosive type of an orgasm, it's thrown away together with a long list of minerals, vitamins, amino acids. If you are a man, a penis owner, I invite you to experiment and just do a 21 ejaculation, non-ejaculation challenge and see if that resonates with you. See what changes, how you feel differently. I'm not saying not having sex. I'm just saying not ejaculating. Okay. Now for us women, there's a research around it. More than half of women do not experience orgasm through penetration. 
Okay, more than half of women do not experience orgasm penetration. It's so important because again, when we look at pornography and how, when I ask men, when they say they're pressured to perform and I ask them, what do they mean by the performance? They think of thrusting and humping for a really long and long time. And that's actually not the best way for us women to orgasm. Okay, so 15% of women never had an orgasm in their life. I work with tons of women who never had an orgasm in their life. And most of us will really stimulate the clitoris and have clitorial type of an orgasm. And there's nothing wrong with clitorial type of an orgasm, but I like to compare it to an appetizer and I love appetizers, right? But when I go to a farm to table restaurant, do I leave after the appetizer? I personally don't. I stayed for the main and for the dessert. So to me, that's how I would uh, put it in a context. The female orgasm menu is so extensive and there is just so much more than one type of clitoral type of an orgasm. I think it was a teacher called Sarita who described sex in our society by twist, twist, tickle, tickle, push, push, game over. And there's few consequences to that. Number one, women are not really truly open to profound orgasmic experiences. And number two, there's not enough time for us to explore, do things differently. We're just going to repeat the same scenario over and over again. And that gets boring. Okay, so what can we do differently? And guys, again, I said I'm going to give you a lot of information here. At the end, I'm going to share my my Instagram, I can, if you DM me, I will be happy to send a summary of this talk together with some other resources. But here, trust me, once you, if you last to the end of this talk, you are going to get a bigger picture and it's all, all the dots will connect. Okay, so first of all, again, note about the fact that men and women body are different, we are complementary. So for a man, we call it a positive pole, right? We talked a little bit, I call it a penis is a man's antenna. I like to say almost that they are led to the world by by that antenna and you know women will often complain men only think with their dicks in a way they do because this is a positive pole for a man okay this is a positive energy center that's where he gives the energy from that's where he gets aroused now there's nothing wrong with that the question is is man connected to his penis or not and i love this description of a conscious cock um, hopefully more and more through to these classes, there will be more and more conscious cocks and men connected fully to their penises, right? Then those energy centers go by, by chakras and they're opposite plus minus. So the chest, the heart, we will consider that a receptive pole for men. Now, again, complementary. So for us women, breast vagina owners, it's the opposite way around. So we are not going to go straight to the genitals because we are the receptive end in our genitals, right? We receive inside of us. Then plus, minus, plus, how do we go to the world? What sticks out? What are our antennas? Breasts, right? We give love from there. We nurture, we give milk. This is our positive pole. And that's where you want to start arousing a woman. Are you single and self-pleasuring? That's where you're going to be starting. Or if you are having a foreplay, that's where you want to start as well. Okay. We always say with for women, it's indirect approach. We're going to start with the least erogenous zones and slowly, slowly come to close to more erogenous zones. And then the very last thing we actually want to touch is the genitals and the vagina. Okay. So breasts, so powerful. It's not just a spiritual 
Our nipples are connected to the endocrine system, so that's where we release oxytocin, feel-good hormone, bonding hormone. We can really get into the mood for sex or self-pleasure. Secondly, it is connected to the vagina where we lubricate. I always like to say, these are literally the two doorbells you want to be ringing to open that door. And finally, the nipples are connected to the part of the brain, sensory cortex uh, genitalia, that is responsible for the orgasm. It's exactly the same part of the brain that lights up when our clitoris or our G-spot or our cervix are stimulated. So in a way, the brain doesn't know the difference if you're stimulating the clitoris or the nipples. So guess what? We can absolutely experience breast gasms. They're also called nipple gasms. I know many women breast owners that are watching this video are not experiencing pleasure or maybe they breasts are numb or maybe you had a surgery or breast augmentation and you're not feeling much pleasure in the breast ladies trust me there are absolutely ways around it there are beautiful breast massage taoist breast massage and practices and i even had in one of my courses a lady with double mastectomy her breasts removed yeah, cancer survival and implants and throughout the course she started practicing breast massage on a on a regular daily basis started to have hard orgasms breast orgasms then she invited her husband to the practice and now he's able to give her breast orgasm as well so it's really we can absolutely bring back that sensitivity to the breasts okay now i talk a little bit about foreplay and especially for us ladies we need much longer our foreplay on average, how long of our foreplay? I like to, before I give you the number, I like to compare it to, again, a yoga class. How long is our yoga class? It's not five minutes. It's not 10 minutes, right? It's an hour or 90 minutes. Why? Because, again, we are stressed, we are tense. It takes time to really open up and relax. So kind of the old school teachers would say, 45 minutes to an hour, new age, neo tantra teachers will say 20 minutes. So I would say at least 20 minutes and really play with what happens when, when there is even more of a buildup, more of teasing and up to 45 minutes or an hour of a foreplay. Okay. Observe, trust me on that, play around with this and observe what happens. Okay. Now, some people ask me, what the hell do we do during the foreplay of a 20, 30 minutes? And yes, I would ask the same question uh, back in the day when I was into fast and very transactional way of having sex. So number one, I'm going to ask both partners where to observe your mind. Okay. What we essentially doing here, guys, and I don't know if you already noticed, but we're going to bring spirituality together with sexuality. So we get holistic or sacred sexuality, okay? So we're gonna start observing the mind. Where's your mind going? Is it going outwards? Am I doing it right? Is my partner gonna have an orgasm? My children are waking up, I have to put an alarm clock. Or are we going to go inwards, okay? We are going to go inwards. I'm gonna invite you to that and I'm gonna make it easy for you. You're going to anchor your attention on a point of touch. So if my partner is massaging my breasts, I am going to relax. And if I go into my feminine receptive mode, the only thing I'm going to do is relax and be receptive without a need to touch him back or perform or do anything else. I'm going to drop in. I'm going to anchor my attention on my breasts and I'm going to focus on every little subtle sensation. Is it warm? Is it cold? Is it tingly? Is it itching? Is it pleasurable? And guess what? My monkey mind is going to start chattering because that's what monkey mind does. So I'm going to 
bring in my meditation practice in. I'm going to observe the thought. Okay, I am thinking about the neighbors waking up because I'm too loud. Thank you. Back to my breasts. And then another thought is going to come back in. I'm going to observe it back to my breasts. Essentially, it is a vipassana uh, meditation practice where we focus our attention on a point of touch. Now, the partner who is massaging the breasts, where is his or her attention going to go? On the palms. What am I feeling in my palms when I'm touching the breasts? And after a while, you can imagine sending love, energy, golden light, whatever resonates with you. Energy follows attention. So after a while, the more you practice this, trust me, the receiver will be able to perceive it. Some other simple examples. If you are kissing, both of your attention go to your lips. If you're penetrating, both of your attention goes to, to, to the genitals area. Okay, much easier for me to focus your attention on that point of touch. So that was really definitely one of my most useful tips that I received from one of my teachers in the past. Now, another tool that I'm going to give you to start practicing. And again, this goes both for your self-pleasure practice, where I'm going to invite you to leave the fantasies parked for a moment and focus on that point of touch or if you're with a partner. So probably one of the most important tools, if uh, it all seemed like a lot today, I am going to invite you to bring a conscious breath into your self-pleasure or energetic lovemaking with a partner practice. We know that in everyday life we breathe, we're chest breathers. It's shallow and it's great because it activates our cortex, our analytical mind, but when we our lovemaking, when we want to move away from the mind, right, and anchor our attention in the body, then we want to bring more conscious, longer inhale and a longer exhale. Okay, what it's going to do is going to quiet that cortical control and it's going to help us to really surrender, to be more present in the sensations in the body and also it's going to help that energy to move. There are different ways you can breathe. You can breathe through your nose. And we're going to do a longer inhale. You can breathe through your mouth. That's a little bit more energizing. You don't want to be hyperventilating. So you can use a sipping tantric breath where you regulate how much air goes into your mouth through literally sipping the air in. If you focus on a longer, a little bit more intense inhale, it's going to be more energizing experience. There will be more energy build up. It will be helpful for releasing blocks and traumas. It's gonna be a little bit more intense. If you breathe in slower and focus on a longer exhale or breathe in through the nose, this is going to be more soothing and relaxing. So play with, with both modalities. Okay, and you really want to stay in this conscious breath for the entire time of self-pleasure, foreplay or lovemaking session. Observe what happens. Okay, another little knickknack I'm going to add here, sound. So I'm going to invite you to always exhale with your mouth open and making a sound. And let's just... Take one inhale together and make a sound together. I invite you to either do an ah or ooh, or it can be mmm, or just a simple sigh. So we're gonna take a long, deep inhale through our mouth. Ah. 
I want you to observe your relation to the sound because our relationship to the sound, especially when it comes to sexuality in our society, is awkward. Either the sound is suppressed or it comes opposite as perverse, where we have pornography and fake stage performance sounds. What about just the natural sound? Okay, Sound is so powerful. We're not doing it in order to perform. We're doing it because it creates vibration. And then it helps to move that energy all over your body. And it also really liberates. It helps to liberate emotions, traumas. It brings that more primal energy as well. So experiment with the sound. We are also going to add a little bit of movement. Okay. So especially we want to move the hips and just even observing naturally what does your body want to do. If we go, we're going to stop being so much in the mind and really allowing and dropping in the body, you will observe that the body wants to start moving. It can be hips rocking from left to right or circle or arching your back. Making that combination of breath, sound and movement is so powerful, guys. So observe. Okay, beautiful. So when we are finally ready, because there was a longer time of a foreplay, there's a buildup. We are really ready and juicy. A woman is fully open. You will see how much lubrication there is actually. Then another thing we want to do, we want to slow down. And I know it's something obvious. You probably, okay, nothing new here, but really, are you slowing down? The thing is that when we have sex fast and hard, uh, it's great for other reasons, but it's going to be very hard to perceive subtle sensations and it's going to be very hard to perceive energy. Energy is very uh, subtle. So in order to really tap into this, we want to be slowing down. Okay, slowing down. Now, what I'm going to invite you is it's going to be, you're going to get a little homework uh, and I'm going to explain how to ride the wave. So you're going to observe your sexual arousal from one to ten. One, you are not excited at all. Ten, you are having an orgasm. So even either silently in your mind for yourself, you can start observing, okay, mm, okay, I'm at three. Mm, I'm at five. You can, with your partner, you can ask a partner. Whenever I engage with a new lover, I actually introduce this concept to them and I like to ask them, hey, where are you at? Especially important for men and penis owners. When you get more or less to an eight, you get to so-called a point of no return. Okay. So you, if you get there, you build up so much excitement, tension, you want to just go and release for ejaculatory orgasm. The whole point is really learning where is this place for you where you can keep dancing on the edge without falling off the cliff. I like to explain it this way. And it's not about bringing yourself to nine and a half and just before ejaculation, holding tight and tensing and stopping yourself from pleasure. It's about slowing down earlier and relaxing back into pleasure so that energy can start circulating. So again, is it with yourself? Are you self-pleasuring? Are you with your partner? You're gonna build the energy up to let's say a six or a seven or an eight. And instead of chasing the crescendo and the climax, you're going to do the opposite. You're going to cool things off but not to a zero. We're going to cool things off to, let's say, a three or a four, okay? And we are, how are you gonna do it? If you are self-pleasuring, you can just simply stop stimulation. If you're with your partner as a man, you can withdraw from your partner, you can stop thrusting, you can bring more awareness to your breath. 
some male friends who practice that tell me they like to imagine ice and that helps them to cool off, okay? In that cool off moment, we're gonna start combining all the elements that I talked about. Breath, sound, movement, and we're gonna start adding imagination, okay? Focus, creative visualization, whatever speaks most to you. And we're gonna imagine that that turn on that we created in our genital areas, on the inhale, we're gonna move it up. I'm just gonna, for now simplicity reasons, say on the back of our spine, Ah, on the exhale, that energy is going to fall in front of you, okay? Ah, if you want to know more a little bit about that, it's called microcosmic orbit. I'm just going to touch on this here. So combining all the four element, breath, sound, movement, and visualization, you're going to circulate that energy for a couple of times. And then because you are not stimulating genitals or any other erogenous zone, right? We're focusing on circulating the energy. The excitement is going to go down. You are going to pick it up again, bring yourself back to a seven or an eight, pause again and start circulating this energy again. I call it riding a wave. And I am going to invite you to take away the orgasm. So we're gonna take away the end goal. And I am also going to invite you to schedule time for that self-pleasure practice. Ideally, I would say for a self-pleasure conscious practice, schedule one hour. If you're with a partner, I would say two hours. And we are going to remove an orgasm for now to start playing with that as a goal, because this is actually going to take the pressure away. It's going to take the expectations away, and it's going to allow us to really drop into pleasure from moment to moment, to really enjoy the journey, to really enjoy from one to nine. And that's where a lot of exciting full body valley orgasms happen, right? I talked about the peak orgasms. Once we start moving that energy away from the genitals, and you are going to start circulating that energy all over your body, you are going to enter, we call it valley orgasm. A good valley orgasm, at least 20 minutes, I would say. I like to say that instead of having an orgasm, you are going to become orgasmic. It's a prolonged state of being. It's a higher state of consciousness. If you are wondering how the hell can I self-pleasure for one hour or make love, for me, it often goes for four or five hours. It's that when we enter those higher states of consciousness and a no mind state, we are going to kind of stop perceiving time. Time only is a construct of mind, right? So you're going to enter into those mindless and timeless experiences. I call it timeless presence. And experiencing this timeless presence, is it with me or with a partner? It's so beautiful. It's so deep. It's so soul and body and spirit nourishing. It is really combining your spiritual and sexual practice. It is like a spiritual practice, but through that sexual energy, it's kind of amplified. Okay. Just last few things here, because we are running out of time. It all starts with an intention. So hopefully after this talk, some seeds are planted. You're going to have an intention. I want to tap into more into sacred sexuality. Second, create space, create space in your calendar. Uh, so there is really time and create a physical space. Since we're going to be moving away from the mind and into our bodies, bodies speaks in terms of sensations. So let's speak their language and let's involve all the senses. Is it sound? Please have some music, sensual, sexy playlists. Is it smell? Have some uh, incenses. 
Is it touch? I love to play with the feather and coconut oil. And it all might sound cliche, guys, but trust me, once you enter those higher orgasmic states, you will see that you can give yourself an orgasm with just that feather touch. I love my clients when they when I touch them and, and they are orgasmic. Well, wow, it's just is this just a, a touch of a feather? So don't underestimate sensual spaces because this is the language that your body speaks, okay? And then remove, remove the end goal of an orgasm. Really be present without expectation with what is. For some of you, just with that information that I gave you today, you will be able to experience truly fully body energetic orgasmic experiences because I work with hundreds of people and sometimes just after this talk they do for some of you maybe that's not going to happen today and that's also okay we are all on our own journey but trust me does it work it works do you have to believe in anything I say here no please don't take it run with it see what works for you what I teach here is called neo tantra and I just have my own way of deliver of delivering that message does it work it works but I always say it works a little bit like a gym. It's not enough that you pay membership or the trainer. You really need to go and practice. So your sexual fitness will also require some practice. Okay, bring some humor to that. If things don't necessarily work out, if you fall asleep in the middle of a long foreplay, have a laugh about it. And also experiment with new things. Touch yourself differently. Okay, touch yourself differently. When you're doing a self-pleasure or a practice with your partner, have a bath. Start with meditation and breath work, right? Probably most of the people here in Mind Valley already have some kind of a meditation, mindfulness practice and a breath work. Bring all those mindful tools uh, to bed. Okay, you start with meditation, with a breath work, so you quiet the mind, you sink in. Ladies, you're gonna start your self-pleasure practice with the breasts, gentlemen, with the testicle massage, only then we're gonna go and stimulate the genitals, we're gonna ride the wave, we're gonna remove an end goal of, of a peak orgasm, and we're gonna keep this practice consistent, and we're gonna honor our body. I know for some of you, the idea of self-pleasure might be completely out of your comfort zone. See it as honoring your body, as really honoring your body as a temple. Pleasure is our birthright this was given to us and pleasure is healing and really i am not so much about pornography or i'm not so much necessarily about uh, vibrators i personally love the practice of self-love and honoring uh, and i call it high vibration masturbation again see what works for you but at least you want to try different things i'm not saying no to everything you need to tune into your body and see what works but at least you want to explore different options and bring awareness how does that feel so if you're self-pleasuring you're going to journal afterwards what do i feel where do i feel it what is different what am i enjoying what am i going to take away from this if you are going to be practicing it with a partner you're going to have a conscious closure sharing practice how what worked for you what did you enjoy what do you want more of what was challenging so really being in a conscious practice now i am running out of time but again i really hope you got the bigger picture now i'm going to say the following if you want to know more again please don't think you need to know more after this talk you are perfectly have enough seeds 
that were planted. So please don't postpone and start to practicing tonight, Sensual Sunday, because if not now, when? Now, if you want to learn more, there is so many modalities and I teach couples, I teach women, I work one-on-one, -on -one, I work, I have beautiful online mentorship groups and courses and online actually, I believe is a fantastic way to teach sexuality because you can be practicing in the comfort of your own bedroom. Now, my website, because I have a very complicated Polish name, my website is energeticlovemaking.com. It will redirect you to my name domain. And you can also follow me on Instagram. This is my favorite way to stay in touch with, uh, with my community. Again, my difficult Polish name made me creative. So it's Planet BB. So I am really literally with this sexual energy, creating my own planet and then BIBI. That's how you can find me for some daily inspiration. And you can also send me a DM on Instagram and I'm happy to send you a PDF with the summary of this talk with a list to a sexy playlist. And in my Instagram, you can also find a short, I call it drop in meditation. You can download so beautiful one to, to do before your self-pleasure practice or before your lovemaking session. And I hope that some seeds were planted. Please get back to me with stories. I then meet people around the world. Let's share. I think it's so beautiful. More and more people are opening up to that. Thank you so much. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.